0: This program is brought to you by Spirited Sea Travel. Reserve your space for spring 2020. Visit spiritedseatravel.com and mention Unity Online Radio when booking. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Rev. Temple Hayes.
1: And Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much, first and foremost, for being an intentional spirit. That's the most important part of this equation, is that you understand the difference between being a person with good ideas and and being guided as a difference maker, and yet an intentional spirit. You keep putting your feet in front of you. You keep saying yes when it feels right. You keep working towards the project of greater good. You do what you can. You know, as I always say, if everybody would do a little, little, no one would need to do a lot, lot. So I'm grateful today to be interviewing uh, Dina Miriam, and she is the founder, the creator of the Global Peace Initiative for Women. And we, how timely to have this conversation <laughs> as the feminine energy is coming in and through our world and... Um, And people like Dina are difference makers out there and aligning and creating. Thank you so much for being on our show. I've really been looking forward to to speaking with you.
2: I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, yes, our pleasure. Well, how um, did, uh, did this unfold in your life? I know it was founded in, in the year 2000, but, uh, tell us about your life prior to that. Did you, did you always feel some kind of soul nudging that you were going to start being very intentional about something? Did it just happen? I mean, what, what came about in your life that all this matters to you?
2: Well, I actually backed into it. (laughs) It was, um, I never thought that I would be doing the kind of work that I'm doing, um, but when I look back at my history, it makes perfect sense, um, and I see that, you know, after I, I got married young, had my children young, got divorced young, and uh, was for many years just doing my own private spiritual work, reading, studying, meditating, um, trying to understand uh, uh, the nature of life, the nature of who we are, and what our purpose is, and and raising my family and working at the same time. So it wasn't until um, my kids were off to college that um, I had the opportunity, and I, I had really turned away from organized religion. I wasn't involved in any organized fashion, but I was a very serious meditator, um, and very drawn to uh, India and the, the Hindu tradition, so I did a lot of reading about that, and I had a teacher. Um, and then when I was um, in my 40s, I had the opportunity to organize a big summit of religious leaders at the UN. Uh, the idea was that the UN needed some spiritual energy and could benefit from the wise counsel of these religious leaders, uh, and so I became the vice chair of that initiative, and it came to me quite quite by accident, although, and I, you know, I kept saying to myself, you know, but I've, I have no interest in organized religion, and I, I, you know, this is institutional, what am I doing here? But I found, I met some wonderful, <laughs> wonderful people in the process of organizing that uh, who became close uh, friends and allies uh, in my work subsequently. But there were very few women uh, in positions of leadership uh, back then, and of course, even today, but back then, certainly, 20 years ago. And the UN kept nudging me, saying, you gotta, you know, we have to have some women, we have to have some women, uh, at this big summit. And, um, you know, we organized it, and there were just a few women there. And I thought, well, my job is done. I've done what I've been asked. I organized this summit. But the women came together for breakfast, and they said, we're not happy with this. You know, we've hardly had a voice. Uh, we'd like to do a follow-up summit of, of women spiritual teachers. And so we went back to Secretary General with Kofi Annan at that time, and he said, that's a wonderful idea. You know, Dini, would you organize it? So I was charged with organizing a follow-up summit, which was actually much more uh, collaborative and peaceful than the first, um, which was, um, there was a lot of tension and uh, um, competition between the religious groups. But when the women came together, it was all about how can we have an impact? Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that was my only, you know, job. I've done my job now. I've organized these two summits, but we started getting requests. Can you come help us do dialogue in this area of conflict in that area? And so, you know, before I knew it, we I founded an organization that was to bring spiritual resources to places of conflict. We did dialogues for years you know, Israel, Palestine, Iraq, Afghanistan, Sudan, wherever there was conflict, we would organize a small group of spiritual teachers. And then it was initially women spiritual teachers, but we had many men who were very interested in this and very interested in um, an organization led by women, and they wanted to be part of it. So we began... Um, looking for gender balance, having men and women together work on these dialogues. And one thing led to another. We began to talk more about the divine feminine energy and how do we balance? you know, what are the real root problems of this gender imbalance? Um, you know, what, is the, what is, you know, what is underneath the surface of all this? We got into more serious dialogues, not just around peace, but also around environmental issues and climate change, trying to look at the root problems, not just the symptoms but going deeper. And and so the work continues. We organize still gatherings. Now we do small gatherings rather than large ones because we can go in deeper together. Um, And we're focusing a lot now on the U.S. because we see a real need here. Um, So so that's how how I got started in this work, and I never thought I'd, I'd be traveling the world organizing dialogues.
1: Oh, it's such a rich and, and beautiful story and it it's it's what we teach, right? You just keep showing up and a miracle's what happens when you wake up one day and you don't remember all the necessary steps to, to get you there. And that just sounds like your part of your life story, you know, is to to agree to say the first yes. And well, and then the second said, yes. Yeah. And you just exactly. never know. Yeah, you know, what is going to unfold. I did want to share uh, one of my stories with you. I went to Omega Institute in Mm -hmm. 2007 and it was women, peace and power. And a good friend of mine, I'm I'm on the West coast of Florida home base and she's on the East coast and she invited me and then canceled, you know, for, for whatever significant reasons. And I went, well, I hope you haven't taught me into going to some kind of, you know, feminist kind of thing, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I do love men and, you know, blah, blah. And it's like, no, 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 it's just very, you know, uh, educational and you'll learn a lot. Anyway, uh, Jane Fonda was there, Carrie Washington, um, a lot of really high-end women were there. Uh, Sally Fields was supposed to come, but uh, she was getting an a win, Emmy at that particular time for Brothers and Sisters, and it was one of the most, uh, back to what you're saying, it was one of the most life changing experiences I've ever uh, been at, attended in, in my life. There were about 800 plus women. And uh, like the woman from Afghanistan, who must have been all of 30, you know, talked about the 19 um, assassination attempts on her life. Um, another woman's talking about all the work she's doing in the Congo with the babies that are raped uh, from the military people, and it was a, a hard to take. You know those conversations. Mm-hmm. It, it really was. I mean to, and at first I'm like I'm not as a spiritual leader. I'm not doing anything. You know I went through this sense of inadequacy because I'm listening to the broadness of which they're. You know, they're telling these amazing stories. And then, of course, I emerged out of that place to we all pick the part that we are, you know, focusing on and stuff. But the short of the story is at the end of that weekend, I I had the biggest chest ache, aside from my <laughs> father dying, that I've ever had in my life. And it's like I really birthed for me the alignment of the idea of life rights because as I looked at every situation they were talking about the in common thread was that we have lost the respect for all living things and that became Mm -hmm. my movement um, and what Mm -hmm. kind of guides me in my day-to-day decision making and thank you for letting me share that but it's more related to the power of when women come together. They have conversation. They have dialogue. They have experience. Anything is possible, as far as an awakening or a sense of validation or a healing or a purpose. So, yeah, I think
2: I think a few few a few things I wanted to respond to what you said at the beginning about um, uh, in, an intentional life. I mean, for me. Mm-hmm it was seeing the opportunity that was coming to me. I could have said no after the first conference. I've done this job, you know, women, find yourself another person to organize this. But I saw that there was a need, and I saw that I could help fulfill that need. And so for me, you know, I never saw more than two steps ahead after that conference. I thought that was the last thing, I'm done now, I can go home and, you know, go into my quiet cave. (laughs) <laughs> but then there was a call from the Israeli and Palestinian women to come help them. And so it's so it's it's seeing seeing where you can be of service, where you can provide some benefit and um and being not being afraid to step forward. And even if you, you know, don't can't see the big plan, at least you can see one step ahead. What where can you serve just now when you're being when you see an opportunity and a need. And I think there is a power in women coming together. I mean, I have found, you know, like you, I I believe that this whole movement has to be women and men together. And I think women have to, to, we have to honor the masculine as we honor the feminine. It's about rebalancing. For too long, we've kind of repressed the feminine. So now, as it comes out more and more, and, and women are coming forward, we have to do it inclusively with with men and women equally, or we're going to have another imbalance. I mean, the world now is so imbalanced, and our struggle is to try to find that right balance again in everything, you know, in, in the gender issues, ecology. I mean, look how imbalanced the whole ecology is now. Uh, and it's going to become more so if we don't wake up about it. Um, but, but I agree with you. I mean, we, we work with a lot of young people now, and what I hear again and again is their heartbreak about the future that we're leaving them in terms of the Earth's, the health of the planet. And so there's a lot of heartbreak among young people. And how can we as mothers not respond to that?
1: Oh, of course, absolutely. The the mother of the earth and the, and the mother within ourselves. And I, I, I would at least where I am in this moment of of processing is I I do feel we are in so many ways, we're returning to our ancient times. We are returning to the women in leadership. We are the men have had a long time to run and to rule and good for them that we have been Mm -hmm. there and we have done that. And we have done that paradigm. I do believe inclusiveness like you, and in addition to that, I do believe that it is time for the main choices and calls for to be from women with men being willing to say, it's your time now. You know, yes, I am here. I, I am a participatory, but I'm not going to keep, which is why it's so much of a, it's like we were already headed that way in some ways. And I'm only speaking from my eyes and my heart and my community in the world. Um, but it, it was like we were headed down that road more and more. We were looking at even with the archetype or a masculine leader also had a very feminine, strong powerhouse of a woman in office and those kind of things. And we've been going down that road and all of a sudden we just go into total like the extreme of masculinity (laughs) in every way. And it has really jolted us like, whoa, how did we get here? And then, yeah, you know, it's, it's very interesting. It's, um, it is younging psychology that says first, you must realize you are asleep, uh, so you can die so you can be born and you cannot be born until you die and you cannot die. You know, you cannot be born until you die. Something of that effect. And, it's like I remember here as a tribal leader, certainly local, but also internationally myself on uh, in doing what I do. I I remember how, you know, for so long, it was just so natural that there were just so many Caucasian people that came here. And but then I woke up to that and I went, oh, my gosh, you know, what are we doing? We say we're inclusive. We say we're diverse. Where is it? You know, and mm-hmm. then just yeah. really the strategic part of that that, um, of what that looked like and how to transform that and how to have 25 to 35% of other colors of the rainbow within our active campus and leadership, if not more 50% in leadership and all those things. But it's very interesting, Dina, for me now, it's like, I'm not asleep anymore. And so when I go to the theater, I go, why are there only white people here? You know? what is is going on here? What, you know, what, what happened? And, and so it's just, um, it's, it's so beautiful and rich to, to share with someone like yourself, that's playing a part, laying out some groundwork, offering opportunities for people to come back and be, and be awake and, and be in that, in that space. And I, I love that our young people, they just don't accept things like the generations before them used to. Even though we knew it wasn't true or right, we went along with a lot of it anyway.
2: (laughs) Well, I think what we're going through as a country now, which is why we're focusing our work more in the U.S., is it's a real wake-up time. I mean, a lot of the shadows are coming out. A lot of the shadows that have been kind of kept under the carpet are now emerging, and we're we ha- we're we're at a crossroad. We have to decide, you know, are, are we going to make it as a country, and and we'll only make it if we if we can identify some shared common values, some human values, and uh, and and move beyond this polarization. So, and I think women have a big role to play in that. You know, women have a big role to play in that in 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 healing we're much more attuned to the earth we're much more attuned to the natural cycles um and and you know as the human community is in crisis so is the earth community and together we have to heal uh so i think you know it's 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 a painful wake-up time for the country and i pray that we wake up in time
1: yes so do i (laughs) yes so do i so what have you in your in your time with uh since 2000 um what are some of the things that that have so moved you uh that you felt like there was a uh, a real shift in people coming together
2: well i mean we have seen in almost every gathering and we we organize um, we have been organizing about six gatherings a year about half of them international, about half of them um, in, in the U.S. And, and every year when the U.N. has its climate meeting, climate summit, every fall, we always bring a delegation of spiritual teachers to talk about the spiritual dimension of the climate crisis. And we always have people coming up to us and saying, thank you, thank you. This is more than just a policy issue. You know, we're talking about life. And, um, you know, because at these meetings it's all about, you know, well, this percent of carbon and that percent of carbon and use this language or you can't use that language. It's very technical. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people who see the urgency of it and saying, you know, (laughs) okay, deal with the technicalities, but let's move. (laughs) Let's make some progress here. And so, you know, it's very challenging, but, but we always have a very strong response that people are grateful that we're talking about, you know, really what's at stake here. And um, and then we've dealt with, you know, people in all different conflict areas, as I've mentioned. And some of them have stayed as part of our network for years and years after and keep coming to our gatherings, uh, because they, they f- feel part of an inter, a global community now. Uh, and, and usually when we go into a conflict area, and this is kind of referring back to our earlier work when we we're doing a lot of these peace dialogues, people get so caught up in their particular situation that they don't realize they're part of this larger issue. When I go there and I say, yes, you've got a problem here, you know, whatever it is, whether it's Iraq, during the Iraq War or Palestine Israel, but look at so-and-so. I mean, look at the Tibetans. Look what they're dealing with. Nobody's even talking about it. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's trying to come up with a peace agreement. Many, many conflicts going on that nobody is, is thinking about or, to, or seeking to resolve. At least your conflict people are aware of and have been working on. And so... What comes out of these meetings is people kind of get out of their self-pity and the victimization, which is a big, big problem. I remember we were doing a dialogue a few years ago in Kashmir, which is an area in India where there's a lot of uh, terrorism coming in and there's a lot of a lot of violence. It's a conflict area between Pakistan and India. And we were doing a dialogue there, and after listening to them talk about all their hardships, this was when we were having riots here in the U.S. in Baltimore, the big riots. It was about, I don't know, four years ago. And I stood up and I said, you know, there are lots of suffering on the planet. We are in our own country, in the U.S., having these riots in in Baltimore, uh, in the state of Maryland. And one of the Kashmiris stood up and said, please don't talk that way because we don't believe you and i realized mm-hmm. that their image of the us was hollywood. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mhm. And everybody's and, wealthy.
2: And everybody's wealthy <laughs> and you've got the perfect life there, you know. And so i said, you know, we have 25% of our population that needs assistance just to eat. We have a lot of poverty in our country and they were shocked. It really shocked. And mm-hmm. and it's this image and that we even americans don't realize the, the the maybe it's coming out more now the percentage of the american population that has to struggle that has to struggle and so you know i i think the the awakening that's going on around the world is that every Area is working with the same problems. There's corruption in the government, huge economic inequality. The people in power take huge resources. They, their cronies benefit, while most of the people struggle just to get through. So, the whole, you know, we're all suffering from the same uh, systemic human problems. So there has to be a growth in consciousness. In other words, there's a lot of discussion that goes on now. Is how do we get from A to B? How do we get to a saner a, a more equitable, more caring, loving society. And that's, that's kind of an evolutionary leap. We have to move from everyone just thinking about themselves and this, you know, a, a culture built on the comp- competition rather than cooperation and move much more into a kind of we consciousness of looking for the, for the collective good, uh, for the health of the whole. We can't be yeah. a healthy society mm-hmm. if so many people are suffering. Yeah, I,
1: I love the quote that I just happened to write. United we stand divided, we are merely a distraction. And um, it, you, you see that often when there's uh, news reporting and stuff like that. And that it, by itself is a whole different thing that doesn't often reflect our, our world. But often in, in working with other countries or things, it's like people will have the tendency to say, well, yours is nothing compared to ours do you know what I mean? And it becomes dismissive oh, yeah. and yeah. discounted and it kind of shuts everything down, the dialogue down and everything. It's like, well, you're right. You know, that they, you know, all of our babies weren't taken in the middle of the night last night. However, if we could stay with, we have pain, you have pain and not compare whose is bigger, and yet, stay in the pain, then from that comes some solutions or or some moving forward um It's like um usually every year i I get guided around the same time to take a particular walk at the beach, and there's always these conch fretters that have gone too far up and they can't get back to the water and the birds come along. And I say, you know, birds, I know it's the circle of life, but we're not going to make it easy for you. And it becomes my job. You know, I put on my hat Mm -hmm. and I'm up Mm -hmm. and down the beach, putting those conch fritters back in, back in, back in. And, um, and I can't imagine not doing it. I can't imagine walking by and not doing something, you know? And so some friends were with me, they were helping too. And so a man comes up and he says, you know, what are you doing? And I went, I'm putting these back in because otherwise they'll die or the birds will get them. And he says, well, yeah, but there's a lot. There is a lot. And I said, yeah. And the more we stay at this, the less there will be, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. um, and it was very interesting. And then he went and talked to my friends and I thought, okay, well, now you're talking to the people that are really trying to do something about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But in a yeah. moment, I looked and I watched him, and he was doing the same thing down the beach. And then he came up to me and he said, I just want to thank you for being a good person. And I said, you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. But for me, it's not really about that. It's my responsibility. When you see something... There's a responsibility to seeing it and to do (laughs) what you can with it. It really, really matters. And that was uh, one of the other things that I I love about, you know, what you're doing and how you're doing it is the, the packaging is that you're it's not so overwhelming for people to just find a door or a piece or a common ground so that there can be some movement because as long as we say well you know i'm black and you have no idea who i am or i'm gay and you have no idea what it's been like to live like me or you know i'm in the war zone you have no idea what it's like then we aren't making any progress uh at all no, exactly. so yeah, good, yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> good for I you good for you we we have to be able to put ourselves in another person's skin um uh you know there you know that saying there but by the, uh, but by the grace of god there goes i so uh any of us can find ourselves, uh, in a, in a, in a tragic situation. And if we don't have compassion, then we're not going to get anywhere as a, as a country. And so, you know, everything of course has to be in, in balance. I mean, compassion has to be balanced with wisdom. Um, you know, you, you, you have to balance the head and the heart, but, um, we've got to find that balance as a and I know I've got friends in the spiritual community because it's, they can't deal with everything going on they check out and they just don't want to know and I said to them you have to bear witness you know even if you don't feel you can always you can always send your your thoughts. I mean you, you have to bear witness to what's happening right now on the planet. Uh,
1: absolutely. Everyone go to the website gpiw.org and we'll be right back after this short break.
0: We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you will give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the support of listeners like you to continue operating and expand its outreach. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment by Ed McShane, a coach for your heart. I listen to the Thought for the Day from Homeboy Industries often, and I caught a quote that Greg Boyle used in one of his former talks. He said, Only the soul that ventilates the world with tenderness has any chance of changing the world. But I got hung up on the meaning of the word ventilate as it applies to this passage. It means to cause air to enter and circulate freely. When we ventilate the world with tenderness, we circulate the oxygen of love. Ventilation holds our soul in place. So apply it to the little things, moment to moment. Go back to your breath every time you approach annoyance and upset and breathe understanding and patience. Ventilate the world in front of you, and it will change for the better moment by moment, person to person, from one breath to the next. To find out more about A Coach for Your Heart, visit acoachforyourheart.com. Relax. Breathe. Treat yourself. Join Rev. Dr. Temple Hayes and Spirit at Sea Travel for a cruise March 29th through April 5th, 2020. Secure your space aboard Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas with stops in the Western Caribbean ports of Roatan, Cozumel, and Costamaya. Don't miss this retreat for mind, body, and spirit. Visit spiritatseatravel.com and mention Unity Online Radio when booking. Would you like to show your support for Unity Online Radio? You can donate easily on your phone by texting the word VOICE to 50555 and donate $10 to support Unity Online Radio. It's easy to do, and your offering will help us keep inspirational and positive programming on the air. Remember, just text the word VOICE to 50555 and support your favorite shows on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. More and more people are interested in a vegan lifestyle, and the numbers continue to grow. Join Victoria Moran every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central for Main Street Vegan, and learn how to make the shift to help animals and the planet. Each week, Victoria shares recipes, health tips, and interviews with celebrity vegans, experts, and activists. Learn how to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Right here on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Rev. Temple Hayes.
1: And welcome back, everyone. Now, this is a special day to call yourself an intentional spirit. So I'm talking with Dina Merriam, and she is the founder of Global Peace Initiative of Women. And I know through the years, for the last 12 years or so, that I've been involved in hosting um, this show, that there are so many of you amazing women that are difference makers and change agents. And I urge you to go on the website Global Peace Initiative of Women, so that is gpiw.org, gpiw.org. We also posted it earlier on our Facebook, First Unity Spiritual Campus, but now's the time. You know, if you're one of those people, you keep talking about change and you're not actively involved in something towards change, it's time to take that step because talking and walking need to go in the same direction or otherwise it's just a glorified, uh, happy hour in conversation. So that's my two cents worth on that. <laughs> Dina, it's just, a, it's a pleasure to, to talk with you. And, um, I was thinking about, uh, a friend of mine, Christine Stevens, and she Uh, many years ago started a drumming organization and she travels and incorporates drumming and teaching teaches people you know at the core the magic of the drum and the drum is the original mother's heartbeat and I don't remember specifically what cities but they were uh, fighting cities and had been for a long time Uh, and it was in the Middle East and she took drums and drumming mm-hmm. is what brought them back together. That's beautiful. Yeah, a magical, yeah. beautiful story because another door that it didn't have to be words. It didn't have to be mad. It didn't have to be cruel. It was just through the drumming opened up their heart. And they were able to renew and find each other again. So...
2: That's what it's a matter of, opening up people's hearts. I mean, you know, we've, we've uh, talked so much uh, in this country in the last few years about mindfulness. Now we need to move into the heart as a movement. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it's, very, it's good to be important to be mindful and to be very uh, aware But also, people have to work on the opening of the heart, because I think that's the only thing that's going to create a change right now. And that's what I've seen in conflict areas. It takes a few days, but once people have, whatever it is, whether it's drumming, whether it's something somebody says, a little bit of music, whatever opens their heart, everything shifts. The whole conversation shifts, and they can connect with each other. And in
1: your absolutely and in your um, your gatherings, or, uh, tell me a little bit about what some of the initiatives that uh, you've either been a part of or that you're um, you're currently working on. I'm I'm seeing on the website um, restoring the Earth's balance, awakening the sacred feminine, contemplative alliance, interdimensions of climate change. Oh my goodness. How how could anyone not know there's climate change? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> you can't <to> like, sleep. <laughs> uh, that's kind of like, asleep, really, you do know. you still but, believe that the Earth is flat? I mean, yeah, right? There are I mean, people who still scary. Believe the Earth
2: is flat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you know, a lot, a lot of this denial is really about, um, it's really about money. It's about real estate values and and other assets. Then, then no. A lot of the deniers they know, but they've got, this It's about investments. There's trillions of dollars investment invested in the oil that's still on the ground. People have, uh, you know, the, the coasts are lined with very expensive properties that will be, the value will be gone uh, once the water starts, you know, rising to a certain point. So, so yeah, it's, it's, and so much of what takes place in this country is about money and so you know we've got to, we've got to put people before profits bottom line that's one of the shifts we have to we have to wake up to the fact that this country is raised is based on profit and 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 people come second and that has to be reversed people have to come first and so um one the interesting uh this is relevant for today um, in the last year of the Obama administration, so I think it was six, maybe it was 16th, the summer of that, during the nuclear negotiations with Iran, I took a delegation of spiritual teachers to Iran. This is part of our contemplative alliance because I wanted to show them, um, and we had was a very diverse group in that we had Swamis and we had Buddhists amongst all Americans, and I, I said this is the new religious landscape of America, where we're spiritually very diverse now, but very unified in the diversity. And this was something of a shock for them. They expected that we were just going to, you know, was going to bring some Catholics and Protestant ministers, male, and that was going to be it. But I was very careful to have gender balance and everything else. They didn't quite know what to do with us. But, but as we walked the streets and we traveled to several cities in Iran, people came up to us and were so eager to talk to Americans and were so welcoming. And bit by bit, we heard about the spiritual revolution that's going on there. Through the internet, how they're coming together and doing meditation, and how they're you know they're learning meditation practices, and um, I was shocked. It's nothing that you hear about, but there is a quiet spiritual revolution going on in Iran that will at some point reshape the country. So I, t- I took a trip to to Russia in September to also meet with spiritual communities there. And I found the same thing. I found people are meditating. They're doing yoga. Politics is politics. Is not much that they feel they can do about that, but quietly there is a growing interest in in these for spiritual experience um, through you know whatever whatever practices Buddhist yogic whatever practices. So uh, so this is a common theme that we're finding. And often we go to these places just to feel the pulse of what's really going on. Because from the newspapers and from the media, you hear about the political affairs, but you don't know what's going on in people's minds and hearts.
1: Oh, it, you know, it's so, just become yeah. about one person whose name I won't say out loud. I mean, the news is just inundated with one person. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it is, it is different now. And I, I went through a phase probably like you, um, sounds like we're about the, in the same age group. That Mm -hmm. means we're very young and just now getting started. That's simply what that means. Um, but that being said, I mean, as a spiritual leader for the longest time, I wouldn't watch the news. Because the news changed, there was a defining day or a week or a year or because of greed or whatever that the news changed. Because it used to be informative. In other words, they would say, uh, "I always say, if you don't think the news can uh, affect somebody's life, ask a shark." You know, a very mm-hmm. harmless creature that has become like the most awful thing on the planet, <laughs> and We're um, feared by yeah. everyone. <laughs> Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's going to get, you know, it's looking to get takeover at mass destruction of the world. But, um, you know, it used to be uh, Walter Cronkite days would be we had a shark incident today. And but there were, uh, you know, 42 million people across the world that went swimming and average. And there was a, a shark attack. And because the person stepped into where they were eating and, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now it's like shark attack. Oh my gosh. Video, 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 video mm-hmm. half the time, mm-hmm. not even the real video, big Be- shark. Beware. It's about the beware. size of the whole newspaper with its mouth open and a leg in there. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is just so, you know, and that's the way it is with everything. And there was a woman here yesterday She and I were having a lovely conversation, and she loves Africa, and she spends a lot of time there. And I I found myself weeping, and I just said, please tell me that it is not as awful as the news is saying (laughs) related to the animals. Please tell us that it's not. And she said, no, you know, it isn't. It has to get better. It's not as good as it could be. But, like, there's this whole reserve that all the people do that are working there is they guard the rhinos. So it has immensely improved. And yet you never hear that. You never hear hope. You never hear, you know, just awful, awful, awful. And it's just, it's, but as if you are a leader, you must watch, you must step into what you can find because you can't you know uh sit around and be mr rogers you know every week and isn't it a wonderful place you have to address the issues of the cause that leads to certain effects so it's a balance it really is a balance it's a
2: balance you know i don't watch the news but i read the papers i skim the papers so I, 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 every day. So I, no matter where I am in the world, you know, New York Times, Washington Post, just to, you know, so that I'm aware of what's going on. And then you, you, you know, you, you skim out what's not useful, just so you know basically the, the, the events. And, and it's true that this energy that's dominating the country right now, which is very consciously done, uh, has done a lot of damage because it's, it's very, uh, um, it's, it's grabbing everybody's energy. You know, it's it's just sucking everybody's energy, and mm. we have to get back to a normal place where we worry about issues, and and, and with so much energy be could, could be going into transitioning our economy, which it's going to have to be done if not sooner than later, it has to be done, and so why waste time in 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 pouring our energy into this. You know, narcissistic mess that's going on. Instead of just coming up, you know, with with a plan of what, what can each one of us do. I mean, one thing we can do. I always say this to people, young people say, "What can I do?" Well, you have control of the food you eat. You know, you can you can monitor the food food you eat and try to eat in, more consciously in a way that's less harmful to the earth. You know, organic food, less meat. Um, uh, you know, just more fresh local foods. I mean, that everybody has control over, to some extent, the food that they eat. It's one thing people can do. And it's a
1: huge thing.
2: It's a huge thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the the, the tornadoes through the Midwest this spring were pouring a lot of the uh, chemicals from fertilizers into the Mississippi, which all en- ended up in the Gulf. And I know that dead zone in the Gulf is huge now. And so that's presented huge problems on multiple levels for the fish and for the, the uh, toxins in the water. And so, you know, that's, that's agriculture, coming from agriculture. So, um, you know, that's why we have to educate ourselves about these things so we can say, okay, so what can I do? Well, you know, I can be more conscious about how I shop for food. Mm-hmm.
1: And that, and that goes back to what we were saying earlier in the beginning of the call is that it, it, as an individual, people often say, oh, you know, I, I want to do something. Oh, there's so many, it sounds like a song, you know, or a mantra. There's so many things to be done in the world. Oh, and the world has so many issues. So what do I do? I I do nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do know. nothing because you know it's just overwhelming i I just do nothing rather than just find a space and pick one thing, just just start just one thing. If everybody would do one thing, you know it would it would hugely make a difference am i am I right, Dina? I mean it it oh, seems to me absolutely. if everybody would do a little little, it just can make a difference.
2: You know, there's that story of the hundredth monkey. Mm-hmm. That when a certain number of 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 a species learn a particular thing, the whole species the whole species knows it. It's it's like you reach a certain a certain um, uh, collective, and it spreads throughout the whole uh, the whole field. And so, you know, I think I think that's very applicable to now. I think that that the more conscious we become. Uh, it will it, it will help everybody else wake up. So we have a responsibility uh, to to ourselves be more conscious of how we're living with each other and on the planet so that we can help others become more conscious of this too.
1: Mm-hmm. So and very impactful. I mean,
2: I mean, you know, our society is not constructed in a way to support this. You know, we have a consumer society, you know uh, things don't last very long so we're always you know things used to last for a long time but now they don't we change cars every few years we have to buy new appliances things get outdated um you know and so so you know it's we've developed a society that's very wasteful so it's not easy to change that habit um, but we can start you know we can start there are many things an individual can do to be more conscious of the resources that we
1: use. Yeah, it's just one simple step at the time. Like for 20 years, I've been carrying a bottle, a water bottle, and when mm, I travel, yeah. I do my best to carry a filter system. Yeah, so me too. I'm not. I mean, when you carry a bottle uh, that has your water in it for 20 years, you've made some contribution to not contributing to the plastic islands and all the issues that we have with plastic um well and aside from the benefit that you're not putting all those chemicals all the time in your body which is an added benefit for staying young um Mm -hmm. so it's 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 just little common sense things you know um and that's what you know Uh, really moves me so much. I mean, my aunt was saying, you know, why, why don't you get involved in politics? And I was like, I really just want to stay focused in the possibility thinking, (laughs) you know, I just really want to be immersed there because crossing over to the other, it gets to be too dark um, for my day to day feeling the level that I'm making a difference. And I'm not saying, Oh, it's all fluffy or anything like that, but just at the core levels that I can address to give practical solutions every day in front of a group of people, seeing how their lives change. Um, The other day, my goddaughter, who's uh, three and a half, she found me on the grounds of our campus, and because she needed to tell me, it's the first time it ever happened, I was so thrilled. She needed to tell me there was a spider in the building, and I needed to save it and take it outside. (laughs) And I knew, I knew in that moment, That I'm a difference maker because she got that from me and it just touched my soul. It just touched my soul. It's like, here we go. Now we're playing a part in a child having the awareness that there's life here and it matters. It matters. Yeah, and the spider has an important function. A very important function. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, we, we just focus on uh, what we can. What do you have up and coming? Do you have any events coming? Do you have any... Yeah. any... um
2: we have a, a in November, well, we have something here in New York for International Day of Peace on the 20th, uh, which we'll be looking at um, indigenous wisdom from different traditions and how indigenous wisdom can help us recalibrate our relationship with the earth. And then in November, we're doing a global meeting of... of spiritual teachers and young ecologists on what we're calling the inner dimensions of climate change. Again, the spiritual aspects of this ecological uh, Mm. crisis. And then we'll be doing something. um, We're, we're exploring now what we can do in 2020 to help put a lot of, a lot of uh, prayer energy and positive energy into the country. It's going to be an important year for the country and it'll be, it will be a difficult year. Um, and so, and so all of us have to kind of like show up,
1: (laughs) you know, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And, and please make a mental note. Remember me if there's something I can do at any of these gatherings in the future that you have. And not that I I am looking for one more thing to do, but I, um, I'm very passionate. I have a lot to say and, um, very driven about our planet our earth uh, shamanic practitioner and those energies. So just keep me in mind. I just plant that seed. And no, I don't say that to everybody that's on my show. That's might. I think it's the first time that I've said that, but I feel very passionate about what you're doing. And if there's a way I can play, my heart is open.
2: Wonderful. Because I think in 2020, we want to have a gathering of people, have every state in the, in the nation represented of of this kind of spiritual energy. Uh, because there is a, a spiritual um, shift going on that's been going on in the country, I think, for a decade or more, and that now can really manifest uh, uh, something significant. So uh, let's see what we can do in the next next uh, year and a half, two years. Yes, let's
1: definitely hold half. that hold that space and with um with certain things and summits and gatherings that you've had uh do uh, one or two of them come to mind that you go wow we accomplished uh, a lot or we started towards moving towards accomplishing a lot does do any of the experiences stick out more than others in your mind
2: well the for the past 2 years we've been gathering young ecologists we've gone to every continent we did one in Africa Europe um uh the Americas Latin America Asia and the Middle East and the one in the Middle East which we just did last October we brought uh, environmental activists from every country in the Gulf region to Cyprus and I was shocked I expected them to be um you know more religious in the in the traditional sense but again through the internet they were so open spiritually all of these young people from Saudi Arabia, from Bahrain, from Oman, from from every country in the in the Gulf region, and so uh, ardent about the environmental issues. You never hear about that. You know, we just hear about the political elite. But I find that, and so that that was a transformation. I mean, those young people. We brought spiritual teachers to sit with them for five days, and uh, they were very drawn by one of the teachers we had brought from India. Um, very, very drawn by him and um, and they some of them have, have stayed in close contact with us and came to uh, a subsequent meeting that we did and To me, this is the hope these are young people, I would say between the ages of twenty eight and thirty five beginning their careers and working in either one was an ocean biologist working on coral saving coral reefs, another worked on saving turtles uh, uh, So they were all, you know, active, beginning their careers in some environmental field, but they were open spiritually and understood right away that there's a spiritual shift that needs to take place. This was the last of our regional meetings that we did with young ecologists. And in a way, it was the most spiritual, which really surprised me. I don't know why, but it just did. And now in November, we're going to bring all the regions together for this global gathering. Um, of 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 young ecologists who understand that a spiritual shift, a global spiritual movement is underway, and that is what's going to help us get through this next period.
1: Well, I just uh, wow, well, I'm. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> 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 I imagine every now and then, when the wind blows on your hair, you go what. <laughs> Oh, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. <laughs> but yeah, every I can time see that image. I, it, really. it. I see it very clearly. Like, oh, what happened? <laughs> Let's see, I was on my way to the to the mall, and then what? Um, yes. Uh, thank you for uh, you know for for saying yes it's to that.
2: We'll stay in um, touch, and, and we'll see what we can do, because now is the time to bring together these energies.
1: Mm-hmm. It really is. It's is the time to be out loud and be talking about it. And, um, yes, I, I agree with you that I, I'm, I'm ecstatic that some of the conversation that Marianne stated last night about Flint and the water and different things that it really got out there and the ethers. and. Because it is about, and, and and the other interesting thing I found so fascinating is that, uh, you know, people were laughing because she mentioned the word love. Can you imagine? Like, wait a I've, minute, you know. I, oh, I've encountered laughing. that.
2: I've encountered we're, that. Laughing. we're laughing so now system, because of the you word can't mention love. Well,
1: are, you, are, you, are you kidding me? We are the co-creators <laughs> of the essence of life itself, birthed in that whole origin of the idea of love. And we're laughing because we say the word love. Oh, my God. Goodness. It's upside down all Isn't right upside down <laughs> we have some we have some ways to go you know we're yeah. we're moving along on a very slow truck um but the paradigm for so many um and the the young people and uh people are finding their voice now, where I think they have been in uh many ways subtle and quiet um they're finding a voice about what matters and um it, 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 in so many ways, it's very exciting to be alive right now. Very exciting. It
2: is. It is exciting. And and yeah, and, and, and we are we are going to make this shift happen. I have no doubt about that. So, Adina, what
1: are a couple of ways that people can support your organization? Obviously, they can sign up uh, to get things, yeah, they, they can, can go support you on the social. Website. What are other ways?
2: gpiw.org. We have a Facebook page. Uh, we're on Twitter and, and Instagram. Uh, we post things regularly: inspirational thoughts, articles that we think are important, um, and and events that that are coming up. We post them sort of close to the to the to the time. Um, but people can always, you know, uh, reach us on Facebook or, or through the website and see how they can get engaged if they come to one of our meetings some of the meetings are by invitation but there are others that are open for people to join beautiful and
1: um, any other thing we can hold for you oh what what are what's something that is real passionate for you right now we have a couple of more
2: minutes we have a couple more minutes. Okay. (laughs) We still do. A couple more minutes is a long time. (laughs) You know, um, I don't know if we can find another word for love, (laughs) but but, uh, (laughs) it is that which uh, sustains us and which we carry with us from life to life, which we carry with us. You know, it's the love relationships that are, you know, that are the essence of of, of, um, of who we are and and, and our, our life, what gives us meaning. And so we have to move to a place of not being afraid to use that word. And, and I think I, I ran into that when some years, it was last year, I think I was invited to a, a meeting at the U.N., of how we can bring some spiritual language into the uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And the first thing we were told is we can't use the word love. Ah. So I said, well, okay, well, can we use the word compassion? Well, no, we can't use compassion because the Chinese will say that's the Dalai Lama. We can't Oh, use that. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up crossing out all the words that were even close to love. So it's I thought to myself, so well, incredible. this is really the problem. Then. This is the problem.
0: Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation—